You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Long ago, when the prophet Elisha was serving the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah was in a time of change. The usurper queen had just passed away, but the rightful king was too young to rule. Thus, the nation was led by the high priest until the boy came of age. Under the rule of the high priest, the altars of Baal were torn down, and the people of Judah returned to God. In that time, a plague of locusts came and ravaged the land. The locusts destroyed everything, covering the whole land, In the wake of this catastrophe, the people's minds were made ready to hear the new word from the Lord. God called forth a new prophet, Joel, to proclaim the coming day of the Lord. Good morning. All right. It's good to be with you all. This is, uh, I don't get over here very much, and this is a, a great space, and I really appreciate uh, the worship team and uh, getting us into the sense of worship, KJ's words. And uh, so this morning, uh, we're going to, uh, to hear from God, but first I want to hear from you. Uh, how many of you like to uh, travel? All right, yeah. How many of you like to try new things? There you go. How many of you are pilgrims? It's okay. It's all right. You already are, are one. And so we're going to talk about that uh, today. Roxanne and I, my wife, we went on a, uh, a trip to Spain. We traveled to Spain about three weeks ago to become pilgrims on the uh, trail that's called the Camino de Santiago, which is the way of St. James, which is in, uh, again, northern Spain. And people have been on this trail searching for an experience with God for over a thousand years. And so we, um, we are going uh, down this trail and as you go down it, there are, there are signs. There are yellow signs every now and then to tell you. They're either on the houses or, or these uh, concrete um, abutments that stand up. And they'll, uh, they'll show you the way. And we're traveling about 15 to 20 miles a day. And on the fourth day, as, there we go, and as we take off, on the fourth day, we can't find one of those. And so as we're, we're traveling uh, down the road, it's not too long before we hear a voice shouting at us, peregrinos, peregrinos, no, otro, otro. And this lady is running at us. I mean, she is running at us, getting our attention. And she's saying, pilgrims, no, the other way, the other way. Her sense of urgency was amazing. She was not going to let us go the wrong way. And so prophets, prophets in the Bible, they remind me of this woman who came to us in a, in a clear way, sense of urgency, um, in our face, telling it like it is in their time, but also in ours. And so today we're going to jump into the book of Joel. And Joel is a a prophet, speaks for God. Uh, He he was speaking long before Jesus, hundreds of years before Jesus, came in Jerusalem, uh, we think, in Judah. And again, he had uh, a word for God, a word from God. We don't really know much about him, which is true of a lot of the prophets, but 
we know his words have lots of meaning for us today. So let's begin with hearing these words. The Lord gave this message to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you leaders of the people. Listen, all who have lived in the land. In all your history, has anything happened like this before? Tell your children about it in the years to come and let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. After, cutting, after the cutting locusts finished eating crops, the swarming locusts took what was left. After them came the hopping locust, and then the stripping locust too. Wake up, is what Joel says. So Joel is shouting at the people of his time around an event, an epic event that's happening in their culture, and it's a, it's a locust plague. And he's calling them together because it's destroying their way of life. So he calls them together and says, let's pray and let's cry out to the Lord, wake up. But really, what is Joel waking them up from and to, and what does Joel have to say to us today? Well, the, the crisis, what's behind the crisis is a spiritual issue. It's a relationship issue. God has called these people long ago, their ancestors, into a relationship. And that relationship is now not what it should be. He's chosen them to be a blessing to the world, and we'll talk about that a bit. And he's had, he has them, he's created what we call a covenant relationship, which we'll talk about as well. But God is faithful, but the people are not. And God is allowing this crisis, if not leading it. The scripture says that he is. He's getting the people's attention. You see, they've sinned, and I can really relate to the sin of, of the people in the sense that um, what the interpreters tell us is that they're taking God for granted. They're also not taking care of the poor. They're just letting the poor, they're, they're oppressing the poor. Their worship, their worship, they're just going through the motions. And so for me, I, again, I relate to that. I, re, I took God for granted for at least 35 years before hearing about this Jesus guy and falling in love with Jesus. And there's times when I confess that I still take God for granted. So Lord have mercy. Now, the people, again, they're breaking the covenant. Again, God chose them through this man named Abraham, long before them, hundreds of years. And he chose them, and he gave them a mission, set them apart, said, you're my people, you're set apart to be holy, which meant I have a mission for you. And their mission was to be a blessing. And so let's hear from Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So this covenant, and a covenant is an agreement, that God, he will bless them. They'll be his people. But it's not just for them. The benefit of this goes beyond that. It goes to all of creation. And they're expected to be loyal to God and do what's right in God's eyes. Again, they're to bless others. And bless means to be well off. So people who encounter them should be better off for having encountered them, experienced them. And so it's the same with us, that as people, as people are followers of the way of Jesus, are people blessed when they meet us? Well, then the, the people were not blessing each other, nor God. And so the relationship that we talk about, this relationship is broken. And broken relationships, well, they have consequences. So in, as we know, in all relationships, there's a time to speak. 
And so God does speak again and reveals his character through Joel. So let's hear these words. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there's time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing and your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He's eager to relent and not to punish. Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you'll be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord as your God before, because this locust plague had destroyed everything. And so the folks are not only hungry, but they don't have the elements to, to worship with. And so really what God is doing here is he's calling the people to repentance. This is kind of a churchy word, but it's an important word. Repentance means to stop, stop, think about our life, and then again place God in the center of our lives. And so the people hear this, and they are desperate, and they hear this from God, and they really do repent. They turn, and they ask God with all their hearts about this relationship. So God's grace that we talk about a lot, God's grace is undeserved merit. God reveals his character, his grace upon the people, and he restores them, and he restores the land. And then he goes further than that because God's grace is huge. He drives out what is seeking to destroy them, drives it out, and then he says, and we'll hear Jesus say this a lot, don't be afraid. Now, repentance is a big deal. In the book uh, Bob wrote on the Holy Spirit, he talks about repentance is the keyhole, the, key, the keyhole through which the Spirit enters into our relationship. And God keeps giving through the promise of the Spirit. So we'll go further in Joel now. Hear these words. He's doing a new word here. Then after doing all those things, which he's talking about is restoring the land and the people. After doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit upon even the servants, men and women alike. So this is a new word, and this is good news. This is great news, because who Joel is talking about here, he's pointing to Jesus, who is going to come. Jesus, who will come, God in the flesh, and he'll teach, and he'll heal, he'll preach, die, be resurrected, and then he will pour out his spirit. He will breathe his spirit upon his disciples. And then those disciples, the Spirit will be with them up until this day to include us. So the Spirit in this time of the early church comes upon group after group in the community of people who believe in Jesus. And so now we're going to hear from Acts, uh, second chapter, verses four, 1 through 4. As KJ was talking about, this is the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers in Jesus... We're meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a might, mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. KJ also referred to at the time the people were amazed, but they were also kind of confused. <laughs> They're like the people who heard this and saw this is like, what does this mean? 
And so Peter says, well, what this means is repent, which we talked about, believe, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and receive the Holy Spirit. Now, God's promise of the Spirit through Joel continues to this day, the Spirit being poured out in ways that are, that are moving and restoring and, and uh, saving uh, this earth and people, doing miraculous things. The Spirit leads old guys like me and young people like here on the front row and throughout this. I can tell you the average age of this worship service is a lot lower, just saying. I noticed that when it came in. Um, it's great. Music's great. Love this venue. But God is, is working through everybody, young and old, men and women. And so today I want to talk about what's happening here at Schweitzer and in our community. We talk about the life change plan, which Tim referred to. About a year ago, we launched a new ministry, the life change plan. And this is a ministry where it takes about a year to go through it. Um, and uh, it's a, uh, Mark leads us through it, Mark McNelly, under his direction. We've had four graduates, and they've opened their hearts to God. The Spirit is filling them and doing a new thing. And so let's watch. Let's watch the video. I entered the Life Change Plan about a month after I came to New Beginnings. So a typical day beforehand would have been waking up, scrounging up some change, going to the store and getting drunk. And that went on for about 10 months up until I came to New Beginnings. In their covenant with the church, they have journaled in prayer and scripture, and we've offered tools for them to to do that on a daily basis. Weekly, they have met with a mentor, attended worship on Sundays, been in weekly Bible study, given financially, and served within the church. Well, I had been involved in programs that promoted sobriety and recovery from substance abuse, but to be, to be presented with the opportunity for a program to um, become a better Christian and learn what it means to be a practicing Christian and part of the church and um, Christian community was exciting. This transformation happened when I stepped foot into this church in New Beginning Sanctuary and the Life Change Plan. Um, it's changed my way of thinking. It's changed my way of being who I was. I know now that I always have somebody to talk to, and that I don't have to be afraid, because the Lord's got my back 100% of the way. I feel like the life change plan and the um, habits and practices implemented through the daily reading and journaling is what helped make the transition from a recovery program that, that just promotes sobriety into a life of long-term recovery and um, progress just moving forward in the world, I mean, getting along in society. Life Change Plan is about people, like-minded people coming together with accountability and community with the same goal in mind and helping each other get to that goal. Boom. <laughs> 
That's an awesome video of an awesome work of, of God in people's lives. I love that. Love those people, those four people. God is good. Now I want to pivot here for a second and talk about Pittman School and where the spirit that began with us uh, seven years ago in this hearing from God to, to uh, partner with Pittman School in our neighborhood. The spirit is sustaining this, but also this partnership, but growing it in new ways. So this is some of the leaders and people who serve in the Good News Club, which is an after-school ministry uh, where we share Jesus Christ, but we also just have a, uh, kids are, really have a good time uh, playing and learning. But um, this, uh, this group of folks, um, well, the ministry, as I said, is for the kids, but the spirit can't be contained. So the spirit, well, I'm going to read a letter to you because there's this dad who wrote to the principal, Laura. He has two daughters who are teachers in the school, and these are the words that he writes. My name is Bob, and I have two daughters that teach at Pittman Elementary. I want you to know how much I appreciate all that you and your church have done for the teachers and children at Pittman. I assure you that you're making a difference for Jesus at Pittman. My daughters have told me of the many methods you have used for outreach with the families and kids. Your outreach ministry is fantastic. Thank you and your church for serving Jesus. Thank you for helping my girls as they teach these children. Speaking as a father, I appreciate all that you do. Now this Bob, this dad is also, he goes on in, in this letter to us to say, the spirit is leading him to start this ministry in a neighborhood school where he lives in Chicago. And so the spirit, the spirit is caught. Principal Laura says when the folks from Schweitzer walk in, whether it's a good news club or the tutors, whoever it is, they feel encouraged, they feel strengthened, they feel appreciated. And that's the spirit working when people uh, serve Jesus and follow him. And so Principal Laura, uh, what, a, what a neat lady. There she is, a great leader. Um, she and I, we check in once a year and said to each other, said to each other what, what might be next? What could be next? Well, old men dream dreams and young women have visions. And she said... She's interested, and we've talked about this for a while, that a ministry that we might do for, for boys. We have times, time on their hands and are needing role models to follow in the community. And so what might the Spirit say to us about how to enter into that need and invest in kids and boys? How might we do that? Well, I've had a dream for a few years, and so uh, what I feel like God has, has called me to do because one of the things that I know way too much about is playing around. <laughs> I mean, just play, having fun. And also, and also, excuse me, and also sports. I know way too much about sports. And so I've had this vision that we can leverage play and sports with kids. And I don't know what that looks like, a sports camp or whatever. And it's not just guys, it's everybody. Um, but I can tell you, guys, we need you. And guys are kind of underrepresented. If you saw that picture, guys, there's lots for us to do to help engage our community. And so if you're interested in entering into a dream of how to invest in our neighborhood and these boys at Pittman School, you can talk with me and Principal Laura, and we'll see where this, where this dream might go. And everybody will be transformed in the process. Now, Pentecost... Pentecost is not just a one-time event. It's about the ongoing relationship 
that we talked about. And Jesus keeps sending his spirit to the people who follow him in new ways. I confess when I went on that pilgrimage, I was dead tired when we took off for Spain, and I was emotionally spent. And I got on that plane, and I said to God, God, what am I doing? You know, I'm heading out, but he's walking lots of miles. I'm going to be with people. I didn't really know these people from around the state. I knew them somewhat, but not, not well. And I said to myself, you know, I'm going to be hanging out with people I don't really know to experience you, although I want to do that. But I was, I, I was just emotionally just, again, just wiped out. And then the first pilgrim I ran across on the, on the way, on this trail, said, living is about faith and taking it step by step, bit by bit. And I experienced radical hospitality. The people were so hospitable. People of another language speaking, taking care of me all along the way, feeding me great food, just very friendly. It was, it was awesome. And my mind was renewed along the way through new thoughts from people and kind of a new way of living that people experience around the world. And then my body, even though it was challenged, it was refreshed because I was simply walking with God. It would be like walking from here to about Joplin as, you, as we went on this, uh, on this walk together. And so today, the questions that I have for us is, how are we with God today, our relationship with God and with each other? Are we blessing other people around us? And do we want to? And KJ said it earlier about uh, Pentecost coming. So today, if, if you've not had Pentecost for the first time, the spirit coming in your, into your life, this is the time. Or if it's the 50th time, you need to be refreshed by the spirit, this is the day. Pentecost, like the early believers, what does that mean? It means let's open our hearts to God, opening our hearts, trusting God, and going deeper. And then at the last thing that we did as we were getting ready to leave Spain, we were in worship at a cathedral at Mass. Looks like the blowers just went off. <laughs> so you're taking off. We were at this cathedral and at Mass, and Father Juan Carlos said, you know, you pilgrims on the way are a lot like the pilgrims in life. You guys want to know where every sign is. You want to know how big it is. You want to know every attention detail from God. And he says, we have what we need from God. And then he took this book. And he said, read this. And then he looked at that table, the communion table. And he said, receive this. Because he said, if you have the word of God and you have Jesus inside of you, you will find the way. Let's pray together. Holy and gracious God, we thank you for your spirit that comes and comes. So fall afresh on us today. And as we go into this time of communion, Lord, live in us. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.